It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Tuesday, November 29th, 2016. We have what I think is the biggest ship schedule that I have ever seen on a given day. 30 ships entering and leaving the river today, and quite a few in the Astoria Anchorage. In our marine weather forecast, we have seas on the Columbia River bar that are going to reach 20 feet early in the day and subside to around 16 feet um, and a little bit less later on. But they're going to be big seas. We're going to be talking about what that means for ships when the sea are so big um, on the bar. And the weather is just going to be generally messy and difficult and uh, a bit dangerous uh, all around our maritime region today. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. But first, let's take a look at our Columbia River ship schedule for the day. We have a dozen vessels coming into the river today. Some of those are going to the Astoria Anchorage and joining nine other ships that are already in the Anchorage. So going to be quite a bit of uh, uh, lots of ships to see in the downtown waterfront when all is said and done today, including ships up toward uh, the Rice Island Anchorage area there, which is a little bit past Tongue Point. Um, so we'll have nine in the Astoria Anchorage, and we have nine outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. So lots of ship traffic today at all hours of the day and night. Our first arrival on the river today is the Delsa. She's arriving from South Korea, headed for Vancouver's Anchorage. She's going upriver to pick up wheat. She'll pass Astoria around 10.30 a.m. You might see her in Vancouver by about 4.30 p.m. today. The Atlantic Ruby arrives from offshore, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She, too, will be heading upriver to pick up wheat eventually. She'll arrive in the Anchorage also around 10.30 a.m. The Westwood Rainier is a uh, warehouser-owned cargo ship that comes into the river quite often. She has a green hull. She's arriving from Vancouver, B.C., headed for Longview, and her cargo could be newsprint on board. She'll pass Astoria around 10.30 a.m., arriving in Longview by about 2 p.m. The Jenko Spirit is arriving from China, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She'll be there by about 12.30 p.m. The Zeta will be arriving from South Korea, headed for Astoria's Anchorage, also arriving there a little bit after noontime. The Peace Pearl is arriving from China, also headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She's another wheat ship arriving around 2 p.m. Then we have the ANSAC Catherine, American Natural Soda Ash Corporation. So that's her cargo, soda ash. She's coming in from offshore to go to the Vancouver Anchorage for the moment, but she'll head to the Port of Portland to pick up soda ash. She'll pass Astoria around 4.30 p.m. That would put her in the Vancouver area by about 10.30 this evening. The Apollo arrives from Japan, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. Um, she'll arrive in the Anchorage around 7.30 p.m. Around the same time, the Glory arrives from Japan, headed for the Anchorage as well. The Beijing 2008 is arriving from China, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She'll be going upriver to pick up wheat, but she'll arrive in the Anchorage off Astoria around 8.30 p.m. The Centurion, arriving from offshore, headed for Astoria's Anchorage, another wheat ship. She'll be arriving there a bit after midnight. The HOS Dominator is arriving from offshore, headed for Portland for the shipyard at Swan Island. She is a military sea lift command supply vessel. She'll pass Astoria in the wee hours around 2.30 a.m. on Wednesday and arrive in Portland by about 8.30 a.m. tomorrow. In the Astoria Anchorage, uh, in addition to the ships that we just mentioned, that I just mentioned, we have the Fu Min heading for Kalama today to pick up probably wheat, leaving around 5 p.m., arriving in Kalama around 10 p.m., and leaves uh, a bunch of other ships awaiting orders, the La Bamba, the Pabal, the, the Jin Zhu Hai, the Angelic Glory, the Vosges Challenger, the Nirefs, the uh, Silver Mine, and the Impression Bay. So, wow, lots of ships at anchor today. Uh, with the weather that's happening on the bar and probably out at sea, um, they're probably going to be glad to be in inland a little bit out of all that turbulence. 
Let's take a quick look at our marine weather forecast. We have some turbulent weather happening. Um, seas on the bar around 20 feet early in the day, subsiding a bit later on, but still it's going to be um, difficult conditions on the Columbia River bar today. We have maximum ebb, uh, current times around 4.30 a.m., and 4.30 p.m. today when things are going to get even more difficult out there. And overall in the forecast, we have a small craft advisory for hazardous seas today, small craft advisory for winds this afternoon, and as we head on through the evening, that uh, wind advisory is going to ramp up to a gale warning. Overall in the forecast, west winds about 10 knots, becoming south 10 to 15 by early afternoon, but they're going to they're gonna build up um, to gusting to 35 today. So it, it's going to be kind of difficult out there. Scattered showers and rain late today. So overall, it's going to be a, a messy day out there on the water and a dangerous day on the Columbia River Bar. Let's talk about that. Well, as you can see from today's weather forecast, we are in the season for bad weather at sea in the Pacific Northwest. And I thought I'd talk with you a little today about why sometimes the Columbia River Bar is closed, as it's referred to. That term closed refers to a situation in which it's too dangerous to cross that very dynamic threshold at the mouth of the river. And when conditions get too rough, the Coast Guard and the Columbia River Bar pilots say that enough is enough for the moment and the bar becomes, in effect, closed. The Coast Guard um, declares the bar closed. Sometimes they also restrict the bar based on the length of vessels as conditions worsen. So smaller vessels will be um, stop, will be told not to cross before larger ones. The bar pilots who deal with cargo ships declare the bar to be in red status. And in doing so, they cease offering their services temporarily to most vessels. And most vessels are required by law, most ships, to have a pilot on board. So um, under these circumstances where the seas are, say, 20 feet or higher in general, everybody just has to wait for safety reasons until the weather improves. But why is bad weather so much worse on the bar than out at sea? Why is it so much more of a problem? After all, these ships travel here in this weather all the way from Asia, sometimes in much bigger seas than occur here. So why can't they enter the river sometimes? It can't be that much worse than what they've already dealt with at sea, can it? Well, yes, it can. If you listen to the ship report often, you may have heard me say that the main goal in getting a ship from one place to another, it's called navigating, is of course to get the ship there, but also to not hit anything in the process. That includes other ships, things like docks, and also, very importantly, the bottom of whatever waterway you're crossing. All of these possibilities become more likely once you leave the wide open, very deep ocean and enter the confines of the river. In the river, the channel may be a few hundred feet wide, and the depth, even at the mouth of the river, is at most 55 feet in the channel, right at the mouth, and about 43 feet in most other places. A big issue for ships is maneuverability. An 800-foot-long vessel that is being pushed by a single huge propeller at the rear of the ship is going to be sluggish in its response to the rudder, even under good conditions. When you factor in heavy windage on the hull in a storm, strong currents that happen all the time on the tides and um, are affected by weather as well, and smaller than ideal engine power, it can add up to a ship that can't be controlled and could run aground. While wind, rain, and other stormy conditions are certainly factors on the bar at this time of year, wave height can pose a serious risk that may not seem obvious. Why this is true boils down to a simple arithmetic problem. Other than tossing ships about, 
Very tall waves can cause a ship to rise violently up on a wave crest, followed by a steep drop into the trough of the wave. For a ship with a 30-foot draft, say, entering the river on 20-foot waves in water 55 feet deep, that ship could be dangerously close to hitting bottom when it plunges into a wave trough. That kind of accident could cause a new Carissa-type disaster here, an oil spill, from a ship that simply entered the river under difficult conditions. The Coast Guard and the pilots are greatly concerned with safety on all levels, the safety of ships, the safety of the people on them, and also protecting the maritime environment. So when things get dicey out there at the mouth of the river, everybody will just have to wait until things calm down. While no one likes to slow down commerce because it costs money, in this case, under bad conditions, it can be necessary. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.